There is treasure in and beyond your pain. What you seek is seeking you, beloved. To feel, transmute and alchemize pain is your power. And this power is within you right now. If you'll only give yourself permission to access it. To tune in to the truth of who you are. To allow the healing of your soul. Self-healer. Rise. Hi beloveds and welcome back to Beautifully Empowered. Something that's like been on my mind and at the back of my mind throughout my whole spiritual experience really is how incredibly similar major religions are along with spiritual practices and this is coming from someone that has a profound exoteric and esoteric, esoteric understanding of the holy bible which is also helios biblius the book of the sun s-u-n i've come out of that and gone more into the new age movement and then been really interested and got really fascinated and studied a lot studied a lot of Hinduism or Sanatana Dharma, which is the actual name of Hinduism. I've also had an a recent interest. Oh, obviously I've been interested in witchcraft and the occult and the esoteric and shamanism and Native American um, spirituality. I have some understanding of Judaism, obviously, because it's very connected in some ways to Christianity. And also, I could just name a long list of spiritual practices that I've just been interested in. And at the root, I can see the core essence that it's all leading to the same source, which is the self, it's the divine. And not that we're the big divine, but that it's leading us back to that connection with something greater than just this materialistic egoic experience of attachment to form and recently I actually picked up the Quran about 15 14 years ago I recently um really wanted to read the Quran there's a lovely I think they're a mystical branch of Islam and they they often stand in the city center of Manchester and I often feel just such a lovely, lovely, lovely atmosphere from these people. And then you can tell that they're quite different from Orthodox um, Islam. They just preach so much peace and so much love. And that's not to say that I think that Islam doesn't preach that. That's not at all what I'm saying. And I don't believe in the narrative that you see in the media, which is absolutely awful. Recently, started reading the Quran. My sister went to Turkey recently and then I was like oh my goodness sister please pick me up a Quran so she picked me up a Quran brought me back that and brought me back some Islamic prayer beads and I've been thinking this myself um quite a, quite a few times because I live in an area where down the road from me there's a mosque I sometimes notice in the cars that there's these beads hanging down and obviously I know what Islamic prayer beads are but just in my conscious awareness I just started saying to myself like isn't that so interesting that like in major religions, they all use the same prayer beads, like in Catholicism and the Lutheran, Lutheran church, they use the Catholic rosary beads and in Hinduism and Buddhism, they use the, the Buddhist and Hindu prayer beads in order to contemplate meditative prayer. I think they use the prayer shawl, but it's pretty much the same tool that gets one to, to be in this contemplative state and, and all the prayer beads that really, they're, they're just there to, to help you to meditate, to concentrate, and, and that's the thing, the difference between the exoteric and the esoteric was, oh, let's focus on these beads for the sake of this re religious dogmatic ex experience, you know, outward literal form of religion rather than actually understanding the esoteric, which is, it's a tool, just like meditation itself, you know. There are people in the New Age movement, all those that, are, that use um, spirituality as a form of, like, ego, an extension of their, like, how can I explain this? Their extension of like obsession with ego and then it just basically transfers into into spirituality. You know, people that kind of like, and I'm not saying that this is either good or bad, I'm just saying that I've noticed it and that I'm wary of these kind of circles where like, you know, you go to a yoga, yoga class and it's just really focused on people that are one particular body size and it, it, there's no mention of like the deep connection of the breath through all the poses and what that actually what the intention of that actually is and I think it's like a colonial way of capitalizing on a spiritual practice and removing the spiritual essence of it yet giving people the form that they're actually experiencing something you know basically aerobics is what I love you yoga is over here um, which I find really interesting because you can't you can't 
<laughs> just bang my leg. You can't, you know, detach yoga from its spiritual essence. You just, I think it just becomes um, an exoteric form of yoga, which is, you know, not guiding people to go into that internal essence. But I, I guess, like, it depends on the people that are actually teaching that yoga as well. Like, what are their motivations? You know, what what is it they're trying to get from it? The exoteric and the esoteric is that, like, either the prayer beads are just there as a tool, a meditation is a tool. It's not some religious dogmatic thing that, you know, we go to a meditation class and all, all of a sudden we feel like a better human being, we're better than everybody else because we've meditated. It's like, no, people meditate when they draw or when they paint or when they sing or when they write a piece of music like anything that's causing you to be in the present moment ultimately is meditation now obviously there's different levels of how far we can go in that contemplative state but it's actually a really beautiful thing like I'm just looking at my little I do this a lot like I um I need like a little spiritual space within my home where I can sit and really like focus on the intentional experience of being with the divine and so like on my little table in my living room I've got it's like a little tiny gold statue of uh, Buddha it's a really beautiful statue but in fact both in, in fact all three of the statues that I've got in different rooms of Buddha they're all quite like <laughs> androgynous Buddha statues not so much the kind of like male orientated Buddha statue I don't really resonate with that I've got two one large acorn <laughs> on my table with a small one I've got I've basically put my jade crystals on one side and, and more of my like uh, rose quartz crystals on another. I've done that for a particular reason. I won't really go into it, but they're my favorite crystals along with black obsidian and tourmaline. And then I've got like a little leaf and it's just like stayed. Like I'm, I'm just surprised. Like it's never gone brown. I don't know. I've got like um, incense and, and loads of different things that like, you know, Islamic prayer beads and all these different things that are like technically from different religions. But to me, it's like all the same thing. I've got my tarot cards, my crystal, Himalayan salt lamp, my plants. And then I've got specific spiritual books on one side that I just want to keep there. So it's just easy to grab. I've got the science of self-realization uh, as a Hindu book. And then Veda, Secrets from the East, that's also Hindu. Bhagavad Gita, which is a Hindu book, absolutely beautiful. I've read that full book. Oh, beautiful. And then there's a healing handbook that I've got, a book on sacred crystals, the Kabbalion, and then I have the Holy Bible, and then I have Rumi's little book of poetry, and then I have the Quran. And I always shift and change these books like in different orders and stuff just to like, so I can just quickly grab them. Because sometimes when they're on my bookshelf, I don't actually reach out for them as much. And yeah, so it's really interesting. So at the moment, I just wanted to mention that like, obviously the mystical or the esoteric aspect of, of the Quran, oh sorry, Islam would be Sufism, 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 Sufi, yeah. Uh, Rumi being one of my favourite poet, poets, he was also, um, as far as I've read anyway, a Sufi Muslim, which is the mystical, hidden esoteric aspect of Islam. And also we know that like the mystical aspect of Judaism is Kabbalah, and then you've got the mystical Christian sects and stuff like that. I always go for the hidden. That's just, I'm going to bring this back to my Scorpio moon, which I always do. I'm always looking for the hidden. I'm always looking for the deepest aspect of what everybody else is considered, you know, accepting as. It's just the men that go to the mosque. And I'm not too sure. I think obviously the males and females sit separately in um, the temple, the Jewish temple. What do you call the temple again? Oh my goodness. That is so bad. I can't think. Because uh, when I was younger, we used to have like a Jewish um temp oh synagogue there we go oh my goodness synagogue next to us and I used to think to myself well what what must it be like to sit in there you know and I knew from then that the, the, the gender sit differently in different places but I know I spoke to one of because I've had Muslim friends over the years and like I've never really asked them too many deep questions about Islam but I did ask a lady in one of my old workplaces I, I said to her you know do the women go to the mosque and she said most of the time no um they have their own like little prayer time at home and I thought that was really interested how they separate gender there so would anyone actually go to the mosque I don't know but I'm, I'm just at this space in my spirituality and my spiritual uh, practice where I'm I've I've read a lot about so many spiritual practices and so many religions like I am that type the Scorpio moon I'm not joking I am literally the most obvious Scorpio moon in the world like when I'm at home and like when I'm on my own, what I actually obsess over is like research. Like I research a lot. 
And I like to get to the deepest part. Like I, it literally reminds me of being a scorpion at the, being at the depth of the ocean. It's, it's really a real thing. I'm not joking. And I love to just research and I love to um, find out more than I knew yesterday. And I'm constantly on this search to find even more and find even more and find even more. And I guess to a certain extent that, that, that there, there must be like, that must be a little bit unhealthy to an extent because you need to at some point just accept what you've learned and just maybe let go of that particular thing that you're learning about. But it's this this constant quest of wanting to know more than I know. Sometimes I question myself whether that is slightly ego-based as well, like the ego is never satisfied. So I'm always aware of that as well. And it's it's just really interesting, like being in Taurus season and in a standing that Taurus is the ball and the body and realizing that there is one body you know in Christianity they say that there's one body which is one church that all the denominational churches and all the division really um when it comes to it they're under one body which is the, the body of Christ and the way that I see the body of Christ now is that that, that well obviously Christ consciousness is within every human being it's a latent, latent dormant unactivated state that any human being can connect to um in the same way that the kundalini spirit which is like an energy apparently at the base of the base of the spine that is also a, a latent energy it's a feminine energy a feminine energy that has been suppressed in this patriarchal colonial systematic hier- hierarchical can never say that word properly system that is ultimately suppressing suppressing the feminine in everyone not just women you know we are as women the external embodied aspect of that feminine but within us as bodies and as a gender then obviously we we clearly have both the masculine and feminine uh polarity of, of you know energy within us which really runs throughout the whole of nature and i wish i could go a bit more in depth into this podcast today about my discoveries with you know sitting and reading <laughs> even this morning the quran and just being able to look read the quran from you know this esoteric wisdom um point of view is that when you see a particular um part of the bible or the quran that really throws you off and you're just like well surely you know these murders and stuff and like you know even you think of like when i was watching the prince of egypt when i was younger i used to think to myself hmm why did god permit so many deaths of the firstborns, you know, the male firstborns. And I used to think in the back of my head, surely that can't be literal. So I've always had that thought that like, there's something not, there's something that my soul can't accept about exoteric or literal interpretations of the Bible. You know, I used to have these conversations when I was 18 with a woman and I, she even said to me, she was just like, you know, that I have a huge problem with the Old Testament because it just seems like this God is a God of war and a God of separation and a God of division. And I just don't resonate with the book of, you know, the Old Testament. But then when she was talking about Jesus and, and, and love and compassion and this all-consuming love and devotion that he had to prostitutes and sinners and, you know, he challenged the, the, the system of the time, which was, you know, very led by the pharisees and and uh he was a rebel basically and it's really interesting to see that like when you're able to transcend what you've been taught about spirituality or what you've been taught about anything in the mainstream you're able to just dive in a little bit deeper and i think that will be different for for everybody i can only say i'm not here to tell anybody what to read what to say what to do what to believe what not to believe like it is of no interest to me whatsoever that the people that listen to, my beloveds that listen to these podcasts, go away from this podcast and start doing what I do or start reading the books that I read. Like it, that to me is just, it's, it's baffling that people actually are out there that want to kind of manipulate people. And I think all this podcast here was ultimately to do was to share my own spiritual experience. And obviously then you know, realising that I've always been, I've always had this kind of like teacher kind of personality a little bit, you know, taught meditation, taught music and done all sorts of different things. And people are always saying, oh, you've got a very, you know, you you have a, a spirit like a teacher, you know, you could be a teacher, you could do this, you could do that. And it's just, that's just my personality that like, if I understand something at a deep level, I want to share that. And the word teacher, I don't really resonate with that word. It's just sharing your experience and sharing your knowledge. And I do, I do genuinely think that, if somebody can learn from 
your experience or you can offer a perspective to somebody and cause them to think, cause their mind to, go, to, to, to become more open than it was, then that's ultimately helping to expand the consciousness of the collective. It's just that you're reaching to the people that ultimately should have heard that podcast because I don't think that any, any of you are listening by chance. I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that I don't believe in chance because I don't think you need to believe in anything, but like, I don't see how chance is, you know, I think that we're all given these divine opportunities and divine moments to hear a podcast or hear a piece of music that really resonates with our soul, bump into an individual stranger, so-called stranger that then becomes a friend and things like that. And, you know, you'll be thinking about someone, con- you know, consciously and you'll bump into that person. Is that chance? I don't think so. I think you, you, by thinking about that person, that person is probably thinking about you as well. And going off the backs here of a podcast that I posted, I think two podcasts ago, which is one consciousness in that if we can try and see that no matter how much someone tries to separate themselves from others, whether they're a Man United fan, whether they're Jew, whether they're Muslim, whether they're Christian, whether they're atheist, agnostic, whether they're, it doesn't really matter whether this person is whatnot, which not, whatnot, <laughs> could be a witch, witchcraft, bitchcraft, like it doesn't really matter what and who someone is being able to ultimately see it at the, the, the core essence that we as human beings are all the same. Now, just because we might think differently, that doesn't mean that we actually are different. Now, we are different, <laughs> but at the same time, we're not. And it's like being able to accept these different beautiful portrayals of religion, which I think even at the exoteric level, I think there is a lot of beauty to me anyway, personally, in these religious practices and I can certainly see how these external practices, you know, you could be Catholic and you'd go into the Catholic church and sit there and, and pray and use your rosary beads and, you know, connect to this divine mother, which is the Mother Mary. You know, you can see it in so many different ways. You know, to me, Mother Mary is Isis. And that's why you see these pictures of Mary, Queen of Heaven, which is Isis. And sometimes you'll see a crescent moon at the bottom of her feet. And she has the, the the crown and the seven stars around her head. That's the queen of heaven, which is Isis. And she is promoted to the masses as Mother Mary, mother of Jesus. It's fascinating. Like, you know, I can certainly see the, the esoteric within all religions. And it's just, just want to be here to encourage you to, to, to not so much see the division or to see what's different from another human being to you based on skin color, based on texture of hair, how broad is your nose? How how skinny is your nose? Like, just even think about the fact that the only reason your skin colour is the skin colour it is, and the only reason why I am heavily melanated is because of whereabouts in the world that we're born. Like, not necessarily where we're born, but where our ancestors were born. What part of the world? How much access to the sun you're getting? You know, in the features of our body, we, we have to be humble enough to, to acknowledge that it is just an adaptation to the environment. So when somebody calls you a racist name or some, when somebody's prejudiced against you, just remember that that human being is just forgotten. <laughs> That's all that is. It's just unconsciousness. And I would go as far to say, and I can only really say this because of the perspective that I'm coming at, but what really is evil? I've said this before, the evil backwards is live. So when you're not living, it's an inversion of life, which is evil. But that's not to say evil is in like, you're evil, therefore you're going to hell. Like we have such an exoteric interpretation of what words mean. Evil is just unconsciousness. And I had this epiphany the other day. I was thinking to myself, surely evil has to just be unconscious. Unconsciousness, just like Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. People just don't know. And even if they consciously know that something's wrong or it's going to hurt someone, they still choose to do it because they're unconscious. That evil really just is unconsciousness when you think about somebody that is conscious and that has an awareness of how their actions can hurt others. Even if you are a conscious individual and there is something that you're doing in your life that you know you're hurting someone or you're hurting yourself, that's just because you've not reached that level of consciousness within that aspect. And there needs to be more work done there, um, bring more light to that situation, bring more light to that dark aspect of where ultimately maybe there's a part of your heart that's hiding there or a part of your heart that is broken and ultimately try and see that human beings are just so incredibly complex 
Like, none of us are the same. You can walk down the street and there'll be a human being that is completely different to you. Completely different skin colour, completely different religion, completely different way of being. And it's like, you know, we have this fascination on aliens, but have we ever actually tried to see if, like, we're the aliens? That this alien life that a lot... I'm not I'm not saying this is what I believe, I'm just saying it's a thought perspective, like everything on this podcast, a lot of the things that I say, it's a perspective and there could be a contrasting perspective that I could also accept because I'm all about looking at various perspectives and seeing how that could work and when a stream of perspective comes through you just go with it it's not like you're trying to set some indoctrination oh this is what I believe it's just a thought and it's like we're so different but we're so the same we all want the same thing we all want peace we all want to be satisfied we all want to live a meaningful life even people that hurt people, why are they hurting people? Because they're hurt and they think that by hurting someone, they'll receive some sort of love from that or power. And it's like, it's like we've gotten so obsessed with separation. Let's, let's get to the bottom of that. You know, like, it's not to say that by accepting that we're all one, that all of a sudden you've put yourself in a box of bad person because you have certain prejudices or you might be racist to a certain ethnicity. It's accepting that beyond... Look, if you can see... (laughs) I'm looking at a bird out the window as I'm saying this. Oh my goodness. If you can see that when we... Because I'm trying to practice the Buddhist non-attachment at the moment in my relationships. When you can see that you can look at a tree without labelling that tree a tree. When you can look at a cat without labelling that that is a cat... When you can look at a TV without labelling it as a TV. When you can look at your body without labelling it as body. When when you can begin to accept the present moment for what it is. And this is why I spend so much time in nature because nature teaches me everything I need to know about existence. That this is all there is. That this is this is literally all there is. And any projection of ourselves into the future causes anxiety. And any rumination on the past is depression. You cannot be depressed or anxious in the present moment if you are fully immersed in this moment. And sometimes I've I've found myself being like really anxious or like going through a moment of depression. I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck? Wake the fuck up. And it reminds me of that first episode about the first scene, I think. I think it was the first scene. I'm not too sure, but it was definitely the first episode of Dolores in the show Westworld, which I love and I cannot wait. Season four's out this month, I think. Yes, I'm so excited. She's asked the question as she's lying in bed and she's waking up. Do you ever think about the nature of your reality? And that's it. It's like in the moment where you're feeling anxious, do you ever think about the nature of your reality? Are you are you in the present moment right now? Like, where are you? Snap your fingers and wake up. Wake up, Neo, you know? Neo being the neocortex <laughs> in the matrix, which is the part of your brain. Yep. That makes decisions. And then you can invert that word around. It's also an anagram for one, one consciousness. So really interesting. So th- I, what, why I was saying that is because if you can look at anything without a label, then you're in the present moment. What I mean is that when, you, when you're looking at something and you're attaching a name to something, you create form, you make it a thing, you objectify it. Oh, that person's white, therefore. (laughs) Oh, that person's black, therefore. Well, actually, no, that person isn't white, because if you look at your skin colour and look at white, you actually are not white. And if you look at a black person, they're actually not black. Now, that's not to say that some people are not very pale and some people are not very melanated. When it comes to it, you're either heavily melanated or you're kind of not. (laughs) it's like yeah we use these words to define things but if you're able to see that beyond this label of black and white beyond this label of islamic and you know jew or like fucking whatever it fucking is that's just two human beings what the fuck like it's just like you've got to really 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 get to the the depth of it and this is what i'm saying about one consciousness and about like looking at religion and looking at people for what they really are not looking at people from the lens of a patriarchal system that basically relies on us dividing ourselves amongst each other for it to actually work they have to convince us that we are separate in order for capitalism the capitalism to work it's deep but it's not that deep it's sinister, but it really isn't because it's ultimately up to us to go within ourselves to first 
ask, why are we here? What are we doing? What is the purpose of all of this? And that's not to say that there, you know, that there is a, a meaning to life in a sense that here's the meaning to life and agree with this and accept this and it all ends there. It's just to say that like your individual life has a purpose. Everybody's individual life has a purpose. And the only person that knows what that purpose is, is you. And I'm sure the divine as well. <laughs> but it's like, and even then, if, you, if you're focused on your divine, like why you're here, like each, each when you rise each day, that is another opportunity. It's like the divine saying, okay, I'm giving you another opportunity. What are you going to do with this day? You know, if, if you've got a dream that's latent, latent within you and it's just like the divine's waiting for you to bring that out. Today I'm giving you another day. You fall asleep and you don't get on with it. Today I'm giving you another day. You fall asleep and you don't get, get on with it. I'm giving you another day and another day and another day. And I'm waiting for you to bring out this latent creative gift that the divine has given you that has so been suppressed by this patriarchal machine that teaches us to deny ourselves to make these big corporations money and ultimately what have we done you know I was talking to a lady the other day and she was like oh yeah this is my last shift today I'm 66 and I'm retiring I just want to just be in my garden just relax and I was just like I felt so happy for her but at the same time it's just like she was saying to me that she's worked non-stop for 50 years and she's so tired and it's like is it is it a 50 year and I'm not saying I'm not saying this is a good or bad thing I'm not saying what somebody should and shouldn't do it's just a perspective of how to maybe look at something is it's like 50 years of doing what making somebody else money just to pay the bills like this is what I think sometimes like I you know wanting to bring out this creative gift you know that each and every one of us has within us latent within us and it's just like everyone wants to say everyone wants the same thing surely everyone wants to be loved and I think ultimately religions are teaching us to get back to this source get back to this essence this this core within you and when you get back to this core within you your creative gifts will just come out this quote that i found online i don't know if it's by a particular individual because it doesn't say the name but it says i'm an omnist i like to stay away from any labels and consider myself as just one among the vast human race i feel god has made us all human first so I don't like segregating myself into any specific group. I respect, love and study all the religions, as each of those are just various beautiful and somewhat similar ways to know and reach God. And it's beautiful, isn't it? There is a time and a place for labels, I think. But even in those labels, it's almost like putting a full stop on a sentence when somebody wants to carry on that conversation. So you've said that person is a such and such. What you've actually done is you've put that person into a box. That person is no longer a unique, complex individual that has a personality and access to the divine just as you do. Preferences, likes, dislikes, goals, dreams, aspirations, a family, a job, a career. That person has just been objectified and you've completely just gaslit that human being from their own existence. I think sometimes labels serve us so that we can understand what it is that we're trying to convey. And I often do use labels. Um, but I also like to carry on any kind of conversation where I do use labels. I think life is incredibly complex. And I think sometimes when we have, this is what I love about podcasts, it's just that that conversation with self, because most of these are streams of consciousness or just um, wisdom that has just come through the podcast and other podcasts are you know experiences of my own spiritual you know spiritual journey and things like that and things that I know and it's like just because somebody experiences complex PTSD and somebody experiences PTSD that doesn't mean that they experience the same thing or that the that what caused that experience of post-traumatic stress disorder or complex post-traumatic Traumatic stress disorder is the same. An individual, trigger here, but an individual may experience PTSD because of childhood abuse, emotional neglect, physical abuse that stems from as early as two years old. Somebody might experience PTSD from being in war and having to shoot people and being shot at and to see people that they've learned to love around them die. 
And people come back from the army and they're just never the same again. And this person could have had an, an enjoyable childhood, you know. So just because we use labels to, ident- to identify something that is separate from self, with othered somebody, doesn't mean that they are all the same. Every individual is different, even if we choose to label that person. And I think, I think what's a good practice as well, this is what I try to do as well, is try to observe. Now, this is a tool that I've learned to do through meditation, but I do it like, say, for example, you're on your, you're on your worst, like you're, you're, you're mentally, you're just like in a really bad mood and you kind of try and project that onto human beings by judging them, prejudging them, um, giving your mind over to, to racist stereotypes and things like that. And I do think that we all do that. Um, or at least from my melanated perspective, it would be prejudice because when looking at the word racist in terms of um, to black to white, there is no racism there. There's only prejudice coming from our side because there's no hierarchy, you know, hierarchy of power. There's no power system behind that racism and racism has to include that patriarchal colonial system that enforces that racism to go further and further and further into all elements of society. Um, so I think there is a difference between prejudice and racist, but we all have prejudiced thoughts. I don't think that anybody should lie about that. I think, you know, just the fact that we're separated by ethnicity um, alone rather than race because I think that there is only one race at least that's the way I choose to see it and obviously we have ethnicity of course and I think that like if we can admit to ourselves the thoughts that we're thinking in our head as we're thinking them and begin to step back and observe them and challenge them not to sit there and go oh you're such a bad person because you thought that about that person because that's not actually going to help you you have to become conscious to bring self-awareness to what it is that you're thinking about another human being. And that's not easy to do. It's not... You can have all the knowledge in the world, but it's only, it only becomes wisdom when you actually implement it. To sit there and... Because I try and do this. If I'm judging somebody or if I'm being prejudiced, I have to look at where that comes from because it's not coming from the centre of myself. It's coming from the ego mind. And that's why when we're often suffering is because the mind is suffering because the mind is so separate from the heart it's the heart that unifies the mind and the body the heart unifies the mind and the body and when the mind and the body are unified then we don't feel like we need to prejudge somebody if we're at peace if we're balanced then we don't have time, we don't have energy to waste on prejudging another human being because we're in our own full state and we project that outward. We don't sit there and self-blame. And, and, and Because I think when we do, when you look at when you are prejudging, it is actually an extension of self-hatred. I definitely know that from personal experience as well, that like I say this constantly, that anything I am saying can only come from personal experience and can only come from my perspective, I'm not here to be an indoctrinated source of like learning this aspect and then and then sharing it because I believe it. But a stream of consciousness is a stream of consciousness, which is just a, a state of flow. You know, it, it's not like I'm creating belief systems out of a state of consciousness, a flow of consciousness. But just being able to appreciate the difference in all of us that yes, we are one that does not mean that we gaslight each other and say, oh, I can't celebrate your difference because we are one. I don't see that your skin colour is brown because we are one. No, you clearly do see that somebody else's skin colour is brown. And if you say things like, I don't see that this person's skin colour is brown in order to be politically correct or whatever that is, you're actually in cognitive dissonance because you do see, you have eyes to see and you can see that the skin, my skin colour is brown. That's what it is, you know, you do, you know, it's often a way of, of, of gaslighting self and gaslighting others because you do see, and the other person you're saying that to knows that you do see. None of us have all the answers, none of us, it's just like, I see that like religion at the essence, how can one not see that it's all the same? And sometimes you have to give you, yourself a chance to see that in that, in that sense, 
How can you not see that human beings are all the same? How can one not see that? You have to be able to give your mind over to delusion in order to not see it. You know, you have to allow your mind to be overly entertained to not see it. And it's funny, I was looking at the word quarantine and Quran is in that. It says Quran, quarantine, go within, you know, go inside not to be satisfied with the external, exoteric, religious, dogmatic, brainwashed, here are all the answers because you won't think for yourself, you won't go inside. Therefore, we'll give you a form of religion. Not saying that religion is bad, I'm just saying the the most obvious thing, that there is an as above and so below, and as within, so without, as the universe, so the soul. That's That's not even to say that the exoteric is bad. It's not to say that the exoteric isn't valid. You know, one needs to understand the exoteric astrological signs in order to understand the esoteric. The The exoteric gives way for the esoteric, but it doesn't stop at the exoteric. It's not to say that doing these religious things are bad. I don't think any of them are. I think they're actually fucking beautiful. But don't stop there. Just like when you see a human being, the exoteric appearance of that human being might be subjectively beautiful to you, depending on what your preferences are. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop with the personality. It doesn't stop with the the surface, superficial level of religion. It doesn't stop with somebody's physical beauty. Surface level conversations. Go deeper. Go deeper with those conversations with people and don't be afraid to challenge not challenge from necessarily from the ego perspective of I want to be right and I want to prove you wrong. Nothing gets done when people do that. When you try and prove someone wrong, what is it you're actually doing? You're making them feel ugly and making you feel good. It's a power struggle rather than just having an open conversation with somebody because you care about their perspective. Let people talk, let people share their perspective. Challenge people's consciousness by broadening that perspective or that conversation, to broaden their perspective. So it gives them a moment to be like, oh, that's actually a thought I've never thought. Because I've had loads of conversations with people where they're just like, like, oh my God, I've never actually thought about that. You know, and I, you know, I have people tell me all the time, you're so intelligent. Like, it's, yeah, but it's not, it's not to say that we can't all be intelligent (laughs) it's just being able to question things and ask questions and go deeper broaden the conversation so that you don't just accept personality and that's the difference between (laughs) solar and lunar is that solar is the sun the masculine the personality the outward the external the surface because it's the day lunar is the moon the subconscious the feminine the hidden, the deep, the dark, or what we call evil, because it's dark. And I forgot to say there then that the, the, the sun is also um, the conscious mind. And it is when we balance the sun and the moon, when we balance this, this feminine and the masculine, when we balance the dark and the night, that we create this perfect yin-yang this perfect circle, this spiritual circle, with you in the middle of it. It's, it's, this is all there is. (laughs) This is all there is, this moment right now. And the past is the past and there are no more lessons to be learned. There are no more lessons to be learned because it's gone. There's nothing we can do about what's happened in the past. Nothing except that for a second. Like there's nothing you can do about what's happened no thing, nothing. But what you can do is change your perspective about what happened. And that's actually really hard to do because it causes an, it causes you to submit yourself to doing the inner work. But ultimately, if we as human beings can live in this present moment, we would just ex- we would just be able to accept our existence a lot more. And if we can accept our existence as an individual, we permit others, not that we need not that others need our permission, but we permit others to fully exist as themselves. 
rather than having to try and prove themselves through status and socioeconomic background and race and ethnicity and I'm better than you because of this and that. It's all really ego-based and it's all masculine-based. You know, I was watching a video because I, I type, I was doing some... I was looking at some something on Black, Mag- Black Magic and Little Mix's video of Black Magic came up. I didn't even watch the video. I was actually... You know, like when you scroll through YouTube, the different videos, and it'll show you the video, but you can't hear it. And I was just like, I don't even know why I watched it for this long, but I was watching the music video for about two minutes without even clicking on it and without even listening to the song. I've heard the song before, but... And I was just watching it, how, like, sexualized they were and, like, how how masculine their energies are in their sexual uh, promiscuity in the video. And there's nothing... I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that because, ultimately, they're feminine bodies and they're projecting masculine energy. One could say that, see that that is... A unification of the feminine and the masculine. I'm not here to say that that's bad. But but when thinking about how it serves a capitalistic society that women are to be overly fixated on their physical exterior, their physical presence, their mask, it, it detaches people or it separates one from their own inner essence. If you can accept religion at its surface level at as it is promoted to you, as it is taught to you without asking questions, without going within, without looking for something deeper, then you don't get that deeper experience that you you are entitled to. That is yours without that religion even telling you anything. Like You don't have to follow a religion to have that deep experience with self. Now, because I am somebody that is very connected to my spiritual soul, I can't speak about you know because obviously there must be listeners here that are, that maybe are agnostic i can't imagine anyone being atheist and listening to this podcast um but again i can't speak from an atheist lens because i'm not atheist i don't know what that's like to have that experience of not being connected to a divine essence or you know but i i do have a lot of respect for um agnostics because i think that like from the many agnostics that I've spoken to over the years, I've had friends that are agnostic and things like that. And I remember an agnostic friend in university um, and this individual said to me, they're agnostic and it's not that they don't believe in God. They just don't know for sure what that God is or what, what he is, what she is. They just don't know. And so rather than to say, I'm an atheist because I choose not to believe because even, even in that choice to not believe it's still a belief isn't it (laughs) so you can say that you don't believe but you do you believe in the in the non-existence of god which is actually a belief and those that overly overly identify with science at the materialistic scientific viewpoint perspective that's still a belief in science as well so i think agnostic is quite an interesting perspective because i think i know some agnostic people that have looked at all these different spiritual paths. They don't particularly know what to think and they just see the beauty in it, but they don't really particularly identify with any of it and use the label agnostic. And I think that that in itself, I think that label serves that person's experience, that individual's experience. And I think labels do, you know... I think sometimes you need to be like in the present moment to see whether this label is a hindrance to a conversation or to your experience. So if using the label, I don't want to get too deep into it because I'm trying to end this podcast, but like if a particular label that you're using to identify with, if at some point that label no longer becomes relevant, <laughs> would you stop using that label? Most likely I would. I don't know about you, but I definitely would. And it's like, that's how you know labels aren't permanent. That's how you know that like you're more than a label. Because that definition of yourself can change at any time. You know, I used to consider myself bisexual. It's just a label. And that label only really, it paints a picture of who you are in that moment. If you have an understanding of, a bigger understanding of gender and sexuality, then surely that might change. Which, as for many people in the 
LGBTQ plus community, those labels actually often do change. And minds change from, <laughs> from being bisexual to being pansexual. And that's just because I don't really care about someone's gender. If I like you, I like you. And that probably is going to cross over from emotional attraction to sexual attraction. And for me, it's like the other day as I was taking a walk, I was sat there and I was like, yeah, but I don't, I don't even now resonate with pansexual. And it's just like, yeah, because I really don't. Like I, I will make, because I think sometimes in a conversation, you know, if someone's asking you what your identity is and your sexual, whatever, it's so easy to say to somebody that doesn't even have the same awareness of you that, hey, I'm pansexual. And that person's just like, pan what? And it's just like, rather than give the label, give the explanation of who and what you identify as and, who, uh, you know, who you are. Explain who you are and then give that a label afterwards. Because, because when you give a label, people already have their prejudices. They already have their own inner standing or lack of understanding of what that word is. Um, aside, for example, the word anarchy, right? If you actually look at the meaning of anarchy, you'll get a load of different definitions of that word. Anarchy just means no slaves and no masters. But when used today, people see anarchy as chaos. Anarchy is actually not chaos. So if instead of, you know, if I use that word anarchy, then I make sure that like, I do a little bit of explaining of what <laughs> what anarchy really is before I've even spoken about anarchy. And I think that's really important to do because then it, it makes people think and then they may, might do their own research. I'm really into etymology, as of what as I've said before. I do a lot of like word decoding and shit like that, and I think it's really important to look at the English language, which is actually quite interesting and limiting at the same time. All we're doing here is existing, and we find ways to separate our existence from another. We find ways to other somebody in order to make ourselves feel good. We find ways to abuse people in order for, for us to feel like we have some sort of illusionary power. We find ways to blame the government and blame those outside of us for our lack of accountability to unto self. This is as much our responsibility as it is anybody else's. Because as we, as we become more conscious of self, we become more conscious of others. Trying to define everything in, in this realm of duality is good and bad. And the thing is, when, when, when I've said in the past before things about the age of Pisces or, you know, this polarised experience that, that, that we so-called, you know, that we truly are bombarded with, especially with the news media, everything is so, so incredibly polarised. That's not to say that duality doesn't actually serve a purpose, because I actually think it does. I'm not too sure if I've, I've vocalised it in this way, but it's something I was thinking, thinking about the other day. And it's just like, I think I may have experienced, yeah, I may have, I may have communicated this before, but it's just coming through again, so I'm going to do that now. The purpose of, or at least what it seems to be the purpose to me, again, I'm not offering any indoctrinated belief system here, is that the duality, the, the extreme poles of duality, polarity, the polarity is there, the good and the bad, the right and the wrong, the black and the white, the feminine, and the masculine, all of that is there in its extremity to actually show you something that most people don't actually see. The Tao, Taoism, the balance, the unification between the two, the unification between those two poles the polarity the swing <sighs> thinking about that little pendulum swing now back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and when that pendulum swings and it stops right in the middle there you have it it's not that duality is even bad it's not that it is good either it just is and that's what is if somebody has brown skin it just is if somebody has white skin which they don't have white skin anyway it just is you know, there's an isness to the present moment. There's an isness to all of existence. And I think this is what, coming back to our connection with nature, especially during the pandemic, panic-demic. <laughs> um, coming back to our relationship with nature. And I think I really do want to speak more about this. I think I've spoken about nature from the very beginning because I've just been so in love with nature from as very early as five very, very much so my experience with nature. And if we can get back to our relationship with nature 
we will definitely learn more about ourselves than we when than we think. And it's interesting. I was yesterday. I was in my favorite little spot, <laughs> and I saw somebody there that I remember when I was a child. I grew up in the church and. This individual stopped at me. They were just like, yeah, I knew straight away who these individuals were. And they were trying to figure out who I was. And they were just like, oh, do, do I know? No, it can't be you. And I was like, yeah, it is me because I remember your face. Like, I would never forget someone's face. If I've seen your face, you know, obviously if it's gone further back, you know, maybe before the age of four, I might not remember. But if, if I knew you, like, when I was five, six, I will remember your face for the rest of my life. And I was like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> it's Amy. It's me. And they were just like, oh, what are you doing here? And I was just like, enjoying nature. Like, I mean, look where we are. It's absolutely beautiful. And they were like, I know. And we got into this conversation. Obviously, genuinely, just people just asking how you are is what people do when they've not seen you for years. And they asked me, oh, do you still go to church? And I was just like, I don't. <laughs> um, and one thing I don't do, though, like I have my own perspective of Christianity and things like that. What I don't do is I don't start being awkward with people that I knew, like, in my childhood that might think that I'm in that same place. I just very, very briefly tell them, and they've actually been quite understanding about it. Like, I've not had any strange reactions from people in the particular church that I grew up in, which has been quite nice, actually. And I just said, no, I'm not, I'm not Christian in that same way anymore. You know, I have my own relationship with the divine, and um, that's what I'm here to do, because it was. I was literally in nature, and that is that was me wanting to experience the divine, which ultimately to me is my own connection to self and that connection with the unknowable. Like, you can't even name what the divine is. It just is. It's just something that I feel throughout nature, something that I felt for my, in myself, and I've had that feeling my whole life, that this that that is, it's just an isness. And they were just like, oh, that's lovely. You know, one of them was just like, oh, that's lovely, you know, and they said, oh, you should come to church one day. And I was just like, yeah, it's not really my thing. I'm an introvert and I don't, I like to experience God, like the divine on my own. I'm not into church and things like that. And they were just like, oh yeah, we understand that. There are, you know, we, we know a lot of introverted people and they just prefer to be on their, and they were trying to make sense of me. What I was saying is that like, I'm not in the church anymore and I'm not Christian, but I said it in such a, like a, a gentle way that they were just like, trying to process it as they were saying yeah we understand we understand and it and it was nice it's actually funny because the a couple of weeks before that I actually bumped into another couple another elderly couple that I remember in the church that I grew up and it's it's like these it's not anywhere near the church that I went to growing up and you know it's not an area that I thought I would see everybody but I just think a lot of like I do find that a lot of religious people do spend a lot of time in nature anyway, just as much as spiritual people do. And I bumped into this individual and it, I just had the most beautiful conversation with a couple that I just assumed that it would just be really like cultish. And it's like, I experienced my experience as being cultish just because I think like, I think to an extent everything's cultish, isn't it? Like, football is a cult when you think about it like I just think that most things are very cultish and it's how that um affects you I think personally how it affects you and I had this lovely conversation with a couple and we spoke about God and nature and the pandemic and how they were experiencing it and their their own connection to nature and how it's made them become even closer to nature since the pandemic and it was just a really, and I wasn't expecting them to sit there for an hour with me and talk, but we did. And I was just expecting it to be a, hey, hi, hey there, hi there, hi there. And I'll be gone in 10 minutes, but they didn't. They, ch they chose to sit next to me. You know, this, this couple must be in the late 60s and just sit and talk. And it was just beautiful, you know. And, and in that moment, I, didn't, I wasn't saying to myself, this is somebody from the church. And because I had such a traumatic experience with this church, I'm therefore going to pigeonhole these people and blame them for it and you know be rude to them and I just wasn't it just you you in that present moment you choose to see if that to see if those labels serve you in that moment or not if it hinders you from connecting to another human being and that's exactly what it is it's like not using those labels of this individual is did it just be in a conversation with that individual and let that conversation flow and just experience existence together because when you're having a beautiful conversation with someone you're literally just experiencing your own existence with another you know
it's really beautiful also i wanted to say happy full moon in scorpio <laughs> scorpio being the complementary opposite of taurus so we have scorpio to balance out the taurus vibes so don't get too stuck in the body, too stuck in the material, too stuck in the five senses. Also remember to balance that out with scorpionic depth, to balance the material out with the emotional, to be considerate of all of the inner internal emotions that you might be suppressing. I just had an epiphany just then about what I said earlier on. You know how I've decoded that word pandemic um, in so many different ways in my podcast. Let me just see what that podcast is called because I can't remember. Okay, so it was the podcast Pandemic, Compassion Over Polarization, which is podcast number 86. I did decode that word a lot there, but earlier on in the podcast today, a few moments ago, I said the word, when I said pandemic, I said panic-demic. Which is funny because if you look at the word demic, it is also an anagram for medic. Medical. <laughs> so you're putting the word panic and medical together. But also I've said before in my other podcast, but it's also pan and demigod. Pandemic, pan, demi. Um, which have decoded all of that as well. So it is actually very, very interesting, the, the choices of words that are used all around us. Spelling is spelling for a reason, because it is spelling. <laughs> um, and I think we, we, as we become, there's nothing sinister about it when you think about, like, when you broaden, when you expand your consciousness, and what does anyone mean when they, when they say that? They really just mean when you allow your perspective to shift, to widen, to broaden from what you currently know, when you become aware of yourself in order to be aware of others as well, that's ultimately what consciousness is, it is just awareness of self. So we're like, in a sense, little gods that are sleeping and are not aware of self. We're just used to, as a Western society, just numbing or gaslighting our self by taking a pill but not actually getting to the root of why that symptom is showing up in the first place which allopathic medicine does and i'm not i'm also not saying that there isn't a purpose and a place for allopathic medicine i think sometimes when you have a particular perspective people again make it about duality and make it out as if like oh so you're into holistic medicine so therefore you're against allopathic medicine well, no. <laughs> Again, it comes back to the pendulum, the pendulum swinging back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And you want to be in the middle. <laughs> so yeah, just literally looking at that word then, as I said it, panic-demic. Is it a panic of the medical system? Yes, I would say the NHS right now is panicking. <laughs> like people are panicking based on the fact that their, their, their lives have been basically had trauma triggered on the planet this medical trauma has been triggered on the planet um yeah i think that and it actually comes from the word medieri which means to heal <laughs> heal your panic heal your fears heal your shadow heal your subconscious like it's all connected like when you understand that numbers and the the english language language itself it has deep meaning that unless we raise our consciousness to be able to see from the highest level of consciousness to what is actually being communicated to us, we're just forever sleeping. I could decode words all day, but I'm not going to. <laughs> and it's probably going to be a little bit muffly because I've not used my pop shield at the end of this um, podcast. So from this omnism perspective, omnistic perspective, that you can see the beauty in all of these different religions and all these all of these different spiritual practices without necessarily having to immerse yourself in either one of them. I'm a tiptoer. Maybe this is something to do with my Saturn being in Sagittarius, I don't know, but like I dip in one, I get heavily immersed in it and then I move on to something else. And I've done that for quite a few years now and I think it's just about learning all of the beautiful aspects of what you've what you've gathered in being able to experience that fully as a tangible experience rather than it just being head knowledge to bring it down from the head into the heart to see if that is truth to you 
and you might just want to stop there. You might find something as beautiful as Hinduism and just stop there. You might just think that, you know, the New Age movement is beautiful and kind of stop there. But I think that, like, regardless of whether, like I said before, whether you do have a particular particular spiritual practice that you resonate or whether you are agnostic, and to those beloveds that may be atheist, that you do listen to my pod- podcast, I have no idea what type of people listen to my podcast. I do, however, know whereabouts in the world you are, and that is so interesting oh my goodness thank you guys for listening you guys are so sweet and it literally like warms my heart where i have the analytics and i can see where you're all listening from and it just like oh my goodness the whole long list of countries it's just amazing and the continents it's absolutely amazing and so basically like i say in every podcast and i'm going to continue to say it just take from this podcast what it is that you feel that you want to take because at the end of the day it's it's all going to be interpreted differently based on your own state of consciousness as well and I do think that being able to see human beings for the broader picture of what we actually are what you actually are beloved as a listener and you know I always think that like one of the one of the main reasons for me personally in looking at this idea of consciousness is that if we can see animals for what they really are which is 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 consciousness if we can see humans for what they really are what you really are which is consciousness if you can see everything that surrounds you as consciousness then you're going to have and obviously of course yourself first and foremost as consciousness living consciousness then you're going to see unity you're going to feel that unity with all that is around you and no longer do you feel that you need to identify with a label no longer do you feel that you need to attach a label to that person down the road who has a different pigment of skin color to you you know or that individual down the road that supports a different football team or a different rugby team or whatever it is you know you can still accept that there is difference and that you don't necessarily gel with somebody or that you don't necessarily like somebody's energy but we're talking about the fundamental essence of that which is running throughout nature nature plants animals you know us and i think that like i try to do this it is actually very difficult to do you have to first start with your own connection to self in terms of your conscious awareness of self i don't really think it works unless you are connecting to yourself first that's only coming from my perspective which could also be called a limited perspective in that in order to have this indoctrinated all humans are made from god and all humans are like equal um that could easily just be a mental projection and so we mentally might accept that somebody else is equal to us i mean why does anybody have to be equal to us why can't we just all be one and the same you know why does somebody have to be equal to the white ethnicity why is the white ethnicity at the top and why does everybody else have to be equal to that why is it not just that the score of our skin and how much money you earn and what car you've got and what house you've got how does that say absolutely anything about your worth it's unfortunately unfortunate that we live in a capitalist society that clearly values us based on status and things like that and how you know color of skin and so obviously we all internalize that and we project it onto each other if we're able to take something as beautiful as this divine connection with self this divine connection with nature it's a beautiful exchange it's like a flow an energy flow back and forth and back and forth when you're in nature you can feel the consciousness it comes back at you if we're able to have that type of relationship with self then surely most of our egoic worries will not really bog us down as much and it it might take a few years for people to fully get it it might take people a deep 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 internal experience once and they fully got it some people go on psychedelics they have a psychedelic trip and they've fully 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 got it and they don't need um to listen to any podcast <laughs> they've just got it and 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 i think sometimes you know, for myself, um, I've had plenty of people ask me, have I taken psychedelics? And my answer is no, I haven't. I haven't needed to do that. And I think sometimes there is that fear of losing attachment to the ego. I've not fully got there yet. So bringing it back to this omnistic um, perspective of religion and, and, and 
merging that out to people is that surely one of the reasons why the world suffers as humanity so greatly does is that the, we, we actually believe in separation. We believe that we're separate. You're not separate from the person down the road because they have different skin colour to you. We, we, as human beings, we have, some, we have more in common than we do. We have more in common than what separates us, but we choose not to actually focus on that. We choose to focus on the lack, the scarcity, the separation, the illusion, the division, the attachment to form. And this is what spirituality ultimately at its essence is trying to teach us. And again, we bring our human form into it. We misinterpret things. We take allegory and we take what is um, not literal and we take, you know, something that is mystical and we, and we twist it with our own human mind because we're so, we're so at war with ourselves again we could question whether religion does actually create war we are so at war with ourselves that how can we not project that consciousness out onto individuals onto our family members onto friends and onto those that are that share the same religion as us because when we say things such as guns kill people well somebody has to hold the gun and pull the trigger you know, it's the individual and their state of consciousness that is choosing to use that gun and hurt somebody. You could say that knives kill people. Well, you could use a knife to cut a piece of bread, or you could use a knife to stab somebody. You could say that electricity kills people. Yeah, but depends on how that electricity is being used. You know, you could use that to, you know, turn the lights on in your house. <laughs> to listen to this podcast it's all about how we're choosing to use things and how we're choosing to think how we're perceiving things how we're treating other people based on how we treat ourselves and it is i do think that it is work that requires patience with self it re requires a true and honest look an observational look at your own thoughts like to be in your own mind and to let thoughts just come in and you just cling on to those thoughts as if you are the thought what about if you sit in the witness seat of your own mind, for those that understand it, understand what that means? Observe what you're thinking. Observe throughout the day what it is you are thinking because in that observation, you become the master of your thoughts when you say, okay, well, that's just a passing thought. Don't need to cling on to that one. Let it go. And it just flies by. Instead of allowing the ego mind, because the ego mind is terrified of being annihilated, and so it tries to attach onto things, it tries to attach onto form because it is terrified of surrendering to the heart. And this is where your heart chakra needs to be a bit more activated because you can't expect the mind to just do things for you. The consciousness is what is, the, is, what is um, determining how that mind is being used. And so I hope that you can take this podcast today please do share it with somebody that you think would enjoy this podcast um share it on social media if you'd like to i actually don't have a social media account specifically um for my podcast i've never really been that much into that i just keep everything all in one little space so i do have a podcast which is predominantly um to share my music on which is um amy letitia underscore 777 and letitia is spelled l-e-t-i-t-i-a because everybody always spells that wrong and everyone always pronounces it Amy Letitia. It's okay, but it's not Amy Letitia. <laughs> Hope you all have a lovely Sunday. I know it's a bit late to post this on a Sunday for those that are listening in the UK. However, I hope you get to listen to it and I hope you have a lovely day. Bye.